This is Happy Lifestyle Online Show, where we talk about viewpoints and experiences on what it takes to have a fulfilled and happy life. Join host Lisa Caprelli as she brings stories and experiences from leaders, entrepreneurs, professionals, and creative people making a difference in the world. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Happy Lifestyle Online. I am Lisa Caprelli. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Richard Franzi, who is founder of CEO of Critical Mass for Business. He also has a radio show called Critical Mass Radio Show. Welcome, Rick. Lisa, thank you very much for the opportunity to speak to your audience. I've been looking forward to this. Thank you. Yes. And so the tables are turned. Isn't it nice? Um, I was on your show um, late last year and um, it was uh, you have a really good platform and, and you have a really good outreach so thank you for that my pleasure it was interesting to talk with you about your business and your career as an entrepreneur and also meeting a, another young entrepreneur that day as well that you brought into the studio that's right i brought in my 13 year old son trey who has a youtube channel called trey jam with for over 40 million views Okay, so back to Richard. Richard is a nationally recognized thought leader on the power of peer learning for CEOs. His work has been featured in national media like Inc.com, CNBC.com, various talk shows, as well as many local publications. Uh, you have so many great things going on and the great work you do as CEO and entrepreneurs. What has been some of the funnest creative work you've done in the past five years, Rick? Launching my latest book, which came out in March of 2018, was um, probably the most recent, exciting, creative process. It's my third book. It's Killing Cats Leads to Rats? It is. It's, and I just want to say no animals were harmed in the research <laughs> of writing the book. People, you know, I'm a cat lover. I have cats. Um, but it's, the title is based on the experience that people had during the Black Plague. But it really looks at the unintended consequences of strategic decisions that business executives and entre entrepreneurs make and how to avoid or reduce or at least mitigate the negative effects that that can cause on your business. So the, the putting together of that book and doing the research and finding examples of companies who've experienced unintended consequences was quite, uh, quite a process and I'm very proud of the book. Yeah. Um, so for many aspiring authors or people, um, I've, written several books as have you and I'm sure you probably get all the time I have an idea for a book and then actually doing it is a lot of work it takes a lot of commitment and dedication what do you find is the one of the key factors that helps you to write and actually finish and publish your book it has to be a priority mm -hmm. the the reality is you know if you're not a full-time author if you're an author and an entrepreneur and you have other things that are going on that the distraction of life and business can take you away from the time required to sit and think and create and it has to be a priority and so you know blocking and scheduling whatever techniques people use to accomplish the important and not the urgent is really required in the process of writing a book and I guess the second point that I would say is there will be a dark time in the evolution you probably experienced this as well Lisa I did with each of my books there was a time when you're like maybe halfway through you don't realize it at the time but it's life is saying hey why don't we just put this on the shelf for now and the yes. ability to power through that that dark moment that valley of uh, motivation and get back onto the summit uh, is really critical to get your book published yeah you hit a key point it's easy to put on the shelf it's, there's nobody telling you it needs to be done by may of 
first of whatever, you know? So I find that uh, the accountability and when I help people author their book now, I'm working with teens and, and really adults as well. Um, because I got sick and tired of hearing, I want to write a book. And I said, well, if you really want to do, let's, let's do it, you know? Um, but I just find that uh, it's like you said, you got to, you almost have to treat it as a job. It's like when you are an entrepreneur, you know what you want to create. You, you go through all the deliverables to create your business. And then there's, after the book comes out, then there's marketing of the book as there is your business. But I find that it really helps your brand. It really helps people like you that, that are, are great thought leaders and have so much experience with different entrepreneurs and industries. Um, I look at it as, as by reading your book or, or, or work, work of people that, that have published great books, we kind of have shortcuts now. I think um, spending time reading other people's work and I believe in peer learning mm -hmm. and the power of, you know, as humans, we can learn by others experiences and examples. We don't have to experience it ourselves. Um, right. And there are so many people who are able to now put their thoughts down. It can be an ebook. It doesn't have to be a traditional paper bound or hardback bound book. It can be a Kindle. It can be a audio book or it can mm -hmm. be an ebook that people download as a PDF off your website. The, the idea is the permanence of putting something in writing can reach people that the spoken word, you know, we're doing this show, you run my show, that reaches an audience as well. But being multimodal in how you send your message out into the universe can really help you to accelerate uh, positioning yourself as a thought leader if you have content that you're, you know, believe is valuable to other people. Yes, yes. So on the show, I talk about five hats being five hats, areas of life, family, friendship, career, connection, and adventure. So Rick, how do you find balance in life? What, what did you have to learn from past experiences to prove, improve upon or not? And, and what can you share with us as some takeaways? So I'm a later stage entrepreneur. I left the corporate world after what I thought was a rewarding and successful corporate career, but I left it at 49 years old. People, um, wow. yeah, it's, it's, it's not the time from a financial perspective necessarily yeah. to leave. I had two children who were teenagers who were getting ready for the college experience. And so um, there's always a heightened need for cash when your kids go to college is people know who are planning to or have sent their children through college. It's only getting more expensive. Yeah. Um, but, and, and so I've been doing this now for 11 years. So I celebrated my 60th birthday last April. And so being a latter stage entrepreneur, frankly, I never worked so hard as I have building this business, right? And, <laughs> and I can see why maybe it's better to do it at a younger age, but, but I had the energy and the enthusiasm and the drive for it. Um, I would not have done it if my wife um, didn't fully support what I was doing. I went home and she was the first person I suggested that I wanted to do this, this venture. Uh, and she said it made perfect sense and she was right alongside me. So um, as, as far as keeping balance, she, if, if, if I weren't, if we weren't on the same page with this venture, if she was um, concerned about risking too much for it, yeah. then I probably would not have done it or maybe stayed with it through mm -hmm. the, because I started in 2008, which was, you know, the front, front end of a, oh, of, yeah. of an economic time. Yeah. But now I'm still working six days a week, but I, you know, I love it. The, you know, the cliche, I do love doing what I'm doing. And so it doesn't feel as much like work. Yeah. The unique thing about this is I could be most more myself in this business than ever in the corporate world because I am able to be my, I'm free from 
um, having to fit into a mold or a pattern, I can build my business in my own image, which is really an empowering thought for entrepreneurs. Yes, no, that's well said. And I feel the same way. I, I, I haven't, I've been self-employed since I moved here in 2001, going 18 years or so. And I, I stay the same thing it, and, and you, you get better. I feel with age, you can like fine wine. And uh, I love what I do as well. And I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I think it's also another uh, food for thought for entrepreneurs is that you can always go back to that world. You know, I kind of look at it as this has been an entrepreneur and creating your own unique thing and, and creating a business that obviously people want to buy your services or, or product or brand. Um, it's so it's so enlightening to create and in this one lifetime that that you have that and that your children see you creating something I think that's a beautiful thing I have two my wife and I have two adult children uh, a, a son and a daughter both mm -hmm. are married both um, have a young family each one has a young daughter so we do have two young granddaughters are both under two years old and so Keeping balance in my life is the beauty of, you know, I worry about entrepreneurs who quit the corporate world because they want to have more freedom over their time. That can be a fallacy because, like I said, I've worked longer hours building this business yes. ever in the corporate world. But I am able to on a Friday afternoon if my daughter calls me and says, hey, she and the yeah. baby want to stop by for a couple hours. I can shelve some of the work and pick it up on Saturday morning to spend yeah. a couple hours with my daughter and, and her daughter or the same thing with my son and, and his daughter. So there is, there is the opportunity to have a little more control over those precious moments because the children are only be little, you know, sure. you learn that when you raise your children, they're only young right. once. It's long days, but short years when you have young children. Right. You kind of want to take the most of that. Right. And relating to working those hours and putting time into your business. It's also something that's yours and, and it's, you know, whoever's part of your business. So that's something that no one can take away from you. And it has like what your, your thumbprint, your heart print in it. So what are you working on these days? What are your business ventures, Rick? Well, the, the, the core business for Critical Mass are mastermind groups of business leaders that I have built here, a community in Southern California, and that's where I spend a good portion of my time. I am speaking more now, both in keynotes and also leading workshops for middle market companies on the content of my third book, Killing Cats Leads to Rats. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, trying to evolve into more of a keynote speaker and front of the room workshop leader while balancing the demands of what had been a full-time commitment to leading the mm -hmm. peer group community is mm -hmm. a learning process for me. And um, it's very different from what I've done to build this business. I have to, I am now learning new skills and <laughs> a new way to approach myself as I brand myself and position myself in this space of, um, one of the experts of uh, avoiding unintended consequences of business decisions. So it's, so it's kind of exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to come to one of your meetings. I know a lot of mutual people in some of the groups. Orange County, after a while, um, it, it becomes a small world in a sense when you're around like-minded people. So give us a story when you do a keynote or, or when you're reaching out to people on some of the success stories or people, the messages you give them that become an aha moment to them. Uh, I believe that inside of every entrepreneur is the opportunity to build a great business mm -hmm. around what they believe is important. Um, the, 
the reality is that the more an entrepreneur I have found is, a, is willing to be vulnerable and put themselves in their business, the more likely they are to attract other people, not just because of the product and services mm-hmm. that you offer, but because of the person that you are and the way you bleed that into your business. I, I call it your guiding principle. It was my second book. We have a member in our community who last year, lost his largest client, which mm-hmm. was also his highest margin client. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks later, he lost his second largest client, which uh, also contributed to the successful operation of the business. And mm-hmm. for a period of time last year, he was uncertain, even though his business had been in up and running successfully for 15, going on 20 years, that mm-hmm. it was going to survive this this double hit Mm -hmm. and learning from him and seeing how he performed within the business and the focus that he brought and then actually how the peer group members rallied around him to give Mm -hmm. him time in the meeting to express his concerns talk about his issues Mm -hmm. think through the the because sometimes under stress and pressure blinders come on us and we lose our field of vision because we kind of get tunnel vision that's Mm -hmm. that's the kind of survival instinct which we get but many times you need to push those blinders out a little bit because you start to miss maybe field of vision opportunities and i thought the group did that well for him we just had his uh meeting that he attends uh earlier this month and he reported that by the end of the year they had recovered the top line so they were able to replace all that business their top two clients generated for them and while the bottom line wasn't as robust as it had been in the past because he had a lot of initial startup costs to bring on these new customers when you looked at the business the the diversification that he now has in his business is much his lower concentration of key customers which was a transferable lesson for everybody else in the community Mm -hmm. to say look at your customer list and see if you're overly dependent on one or two clients because There, but for the grace of God, go you potentially. Right. No, so true. That's a great example. So um, I, the focusing on, on business, which is one of the five hats I talk about, um, I'm sure you come across a lot of people with this, being with your peer groups and, and reaching out to CEOs in the masterminds and, and, the, and the messages and books that you write. Uh, I've come across people and I was one of them once where I work too much. I, I call it a field meter with all these hats. Sometimes you give more than the other. And I had to learn how to, stay, to take a step back, which is the reason why I'm writing the five hats to find happiness and balance. What are you, Phil, what are the, some of the reasons other business people may not be able to balance all these hats, as I call it? Uh. I think there's a natural evolution of business where, you know, you start out as a solopreneur and you're trying to find a business model that works. And when you finally do, then you want to scale it. Um, There is this transference of skills and knowledge that happen that has to happen for the business to grow because you can only accomplish so much. And it is an interesting conversation, almost regardless of the stage of the business, the willingness of the founder or top executive or managing partner, whatever, to be willing to relinquish um, duties that they have in service of uh, a higher order responsibility. And sometimes that higher order responsibility is their selves in their life and Mm -hmm. maybe their family. And uh, 
it, it, it can be challenging for people to be willing to give up something they believe they do well to mm-hmm. someone they either believe won't do it as well initially or won't do it with the same level of commitment that they have. So um, we work a lot in, and I work a lot working with business owners, regardless of the size of the company, mm-hmm. really trying to understand why do you do what you do and is that the best use for you at this time? Mm. That's a good question. And I, and so it becomes down to delegating and, and again, growing. And unless you have systems, you can, it's hard to grow. And I always tell people, I mean, if something happens is like uh, unforeseen circumstances, like you end up in an emergency room or even die, you know, what did you, what did you create something that is, some people can take over? Was, is that, to me, that's really truly a business. One of the main core elements of a business. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's, it's part of why I like writing the books that I've written as well, because, you mm-hmm. know, as I mentioned, I have two young granddaughters. Neither one of them can read yet. But yeah. hopefully there will be the day where they'll have the collection of the books that I authored somewhere yeah. in their uh, house or home and be able to reflect on what grandpa contributed that hopefully is still relevant and maybe even appropriate for them at that time. So it is a legacy to be able to create something yes. that will outlast you. I agree. That's why I, I love writing and, and publishing as well. I, I always say writing is something that no one can take away with you and it is a great legacy to lead it. So on that note, Rick, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Uh, okay. So I used to be a very uh, vigorous fan of the local baseball team here by the name of the Angels. And I was such a fan that even I would watch a baseball game, even if it was already over and I knew the outcome. <laughs> what I, what I, because I just enjoyed the sport so much at that time. And what I noticed um, was that when I knew the outcome of the game and the outcome was positive, they had won that game. The in game experience for me was different. I didn't get as upset about an error that was made or a home run that was hit by the other team or something that didn't go our way because I knew in the end they were going to win. And so uh-huh. I put it in, I put it in context. If I could say anything to the 20-year-old self who came out here from Western Pennsylvania really not knowing anybody and uh-huh. having to find their way is if I could show them the life that, they, that I'm living today and if I could help him to have the confidence and conviction that things were going to work out, that it was all going to be right at the end. And I'm not saying I'm at the end, but I'm, yes. I, I, I'm pretty proud of what we've accomplished. Mm-hmm. I, I think some of the trials and tribulations that at the time I felt were so significant and stressful, I could have contained those in a, in a much better way that probably the quality of my existence in those 20s and even into the 30s could have been better for me um, personally. Awesome. So what advice do you have for teens or and young college students who are you know, going to obviously enter the workforce and, and they may change careers as many people do? What advice do you have for them on people to follow, things to read, places to go? The first place I'd like to start is with them. And, and that is dare to think big and believe that you could be the catalyst for that big thing or things to happen. Mm. Do not, sometimes we don't do the things we choose to want to do or feel like we would really like to do for fear that we're going to fail or it's not going to turn out and we're going to risk too much. I think in the work that I've done with business executives and people, regret in their lives generally isn't about the things they tried and 
didn't succeed at, but rather mm-hmm. the things that they wish they would have done. And so I, th- I think your life is an arc of, of decisions that you make. Take the big decisions and take a chance, especially younger in life, um, to, to be bold about your decisions. And once you do, tell the people in your life what you want to get done. Some may not re- give you positive feedback, but you know, that's okay. There are people who can't see your vision, but mm-hmm. there will be people, surprisingly, there will be people, and life will bring you people who will help you to achieve this big vision that you have. But you have to be bold, believe in yourself, and then seek out people who genuinely buy into what you're going to get done and want to genuinely help you. Do not be afraid to ask somebody who's doing what you wanted to do how they got to where they are. So much can be learned from people who are already functioning at that level if you seek them out and you earnestly want to be mentored. I love that message. I want to put that for my work. I'm doing a skip a step with my co-author, Michael Ashley, who I know you know. That's beautiful. Thank you. I, I love asking messages like that, that for teens because I find that, I mean, that message you gave was just so perfect. So thank you. I'm going to have to quote you on that as well. Rick. Thank you. Yes. So where do you find the most meaning and joy in life? My Simon Sinek why is to have a lasting positive impact on the lives of the people that I work with. Running a business, being an entrepreneur is not easy. I've rarely found anyone who has a business that is so well run without their daily or weekly (laughs) or monthly involvement that they feel like they have kind of like passive income. They're sort of active in their business. Yeah. And so I, at the end of the year, when I do my reflection, I really find um, it keeps me healthy, frankly. I believe it gives me a positive karma in the, in the marketplace with people around me. And is, have I helped people move from where they were to a better place? And I'm at the stage in, in my life where I don't need the overt credit for that and maybe when I was younger I was in sales and I liked the scoreboard and I wanted to be seen as a you know a top performer um, but now I'm much more comfortable as Peter Drucker says being on the sidelines of the sport mm-hmm. of business and mm-hmm. just watching the field of play and trying to help people to be more successful in their own game. Thank you. So Rick what have you learned from being a radio host? You know, when I started, thank you for that. I've been, I'm going to celebrate 10 years in March of doing my podcast and radio. Fantastic. That's a long time. Most shows don't even last. I hear for podcasting past the seventh show. So 10 years. So yes. What have you learned? Uh, I did not realize how much I would get exposed to by being genuinely interested in giving other people an opportunity to talk about what they know. Mm. that you don't have to be in the middle. There's a lot of value in genuinely being interested in other, like you're doing today in other people's stories Mm -hmm. and and seeking what they know that can benefit other people and giving them a chance to honestly talk about their successes and their failures and triumphs Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and their setbacks. Um, It's built for me, it's built a community of people I did my 1,498 interview yesterday. So, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of people that I've met and, and because I really want them to tell their story, it's not a platform for me. I believe I've done them something that's been beneficial for them. And again, I think it creates for me 
um, somewhat of an envelope of positive feelings and health. I was diagnosed 10 years ago with uh, a form of leukemia. Mm, and it was very shocking because mm -hmm. at that time I was, you know, in my early 50s, didn't know what to do with it. Um, but I, I, it put me on a journey of, you know, better health, better eating, the rest of that stuff. And it mm -hmm. created an awareness for me that I had to also be a better person. And I believe through being a deeper, better, real person, it's also helped to be a bit of a prophylactic to keep me healthy. I truly believe that. Yes. That's beautiful. Um, so, and do you find, as I find, that when you interview other people and generally interested, I, it, it, it motivates me to do more and it motivates me to take some of these messages and be able to deliver them to a lot of people that we wouldn't otherwise have that opportunity to do so. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I believe that to be the case. And, and I, I try to remember the messages of what I've learned from people. And it just happened to me today before we got on mm -hmm. our show, on your show. I yes. was meeting with one of my clients and I was sharing with that person a learning that I had from another person and yeah. made, made the offer to make the connection because I think the two of them could, um, could help each other. But they would not maybe have met each other, at least certainly not as quickly as they will based on my opportunity to to make that connection and you know life is a a win-win right if you yeah. work for your in your relationships everybody wants how do i help you and uh, yeah. it, it comes back yes yes well hats off to you there rick so my last question for you is time is promised to no one what do you want to be known for what's a message you tell others to convey meaning so think about as you said earlier when we pass on this earth and you're your children, grandchildren, what is something you want to be known for if they were listening to this right now? Um, I feel a, a very strong uh, sense of responsibility for helping my grandchildren to navigate a successful life. Um, many times in the peer group, if you look at the age distribution, I have everything from early 20-year-olds to an 80-year-old entrepreneur in my community. Mm. But the bulk of them said in the 40s, frankly. Mm -hmm. And we talk about to be exposed to the ideas that are available today um, through TED Talks and podcasts, mm -hmm. etc. Boy, that would have been such a benefit. Um, my hope is that I will positively influence um, the people in my life and certainly my grandchildren to be curious about life, to have a healthy curiosity about all things and to pursue their innate passions, regardless of where that leads them, believing that ultimately it's where they need to be. Beautiful. Well, Rick, if people want to get a hold of you, learn more about you and the books you're writing, where's the best place to get a hold of you? As I say on my radio show, let's start with LinkedIn. That's a great platform from which we can drive a deeper relationship and i'm richard franzi which is spelled f-r-a-n-z-i if they would reach out to me on linkedin i'd love to create a connection there and see where that takes us thank you so much rick for being on the show so much great information you gave in, in 30 minutes you're so good at this so thank you so much thank uh, you. you're welcome i'm lisa caprelli and this is happy lifestyle online until next time enjoy your week enjoy your life Thank you for listening to Happy Lifestyle Online Show. For more information on growing with our community, follow us at happylifestyleonline.com. I'm Lisa Caprelli. 
Talk to you next time.